1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me
2: every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Dolphins,
1: hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the
0: Dolphins, you dumbass. <laughs> What's up,
2: Dolphins and welcome into the Thursday, August the 16th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host Travis Wingfield and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we are joined by a special guest, Antoine Staley of the USA Today Dolphins Wire. Joins us to talk camp Expected playing time for the starters tomorrow night, Devontae Parker, and much, much more. But first, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. You guys have made us a top five podcast in the Lockdown Network, so we appreciate all the support and continue to do so. Follow us on Twitter at Wingful NFL. Follow the show at Lockdown Fins and check out LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the LockedOn Network. Jason Harina has a piece up on camp battles. My game preview for tomorrow night up there as well on LockedOnDolphins.com. And of course, last but not least, the other On Sports family of podcasts like the LockedOn Heat podcast and On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and bring Antoine on.
0: That's another Miami
2: Dolphins. And joining the podcast now is the man on the Dolphins beat. He covers the team for USA Today. He's Antoine Staley. Antoine, thanks for taking time with me to chat today, man.
3: Uh, nice to uh, be back with you, Travis.
2: Yeah, I believe this is our third podcast together, and we're uh, starting to grow a little bit of rapport here and getting talking about Dolphins training camp. And speaking of training camp, it's, it's a wrap now. It's all over. And I'm just curious, did you tie one on to celebrate that?
3: Uh, no, I did not. Uh, I guess I should have popped some champagne and just, uh, (laughs) had a big party, but no, I just, I'm just relaxing and enjoying, uh, getting ready to go to Charlotte for the game for, um, for the uh, the game on Friday night.
2: Yeah, no, I I knew I asked you that if, uh, you know, if you kind of celebrate the end of training camp, but it doesn't really make a difference for you because you're still there every day, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, well, well, the difference is, uh, we won't be watching practice the entire time during the regular season uh they they go into well even after this um that's why it's still the preseason they go into regular season mode which means they'll they'll practice they'll come out pretty much stretched and then what end up happening after that we'll watch that and just see who's in attendance and then we'll go back in the locker room and just report who who's there who's not and they'll give us an injury report so we don't watch practice at all really uh, it's just kind of they do a little bit of walnuts so maybe throw the ball around for uh, five minutes and then we go back inside the media row
2: well hopefully they start busting out some of the uh, more extensive offensive packages and get out of that vanilla stuff for the games going forward into the regular season but that reminds me you know the reason i bring that up is because i think we're going to see a lot of albert wilson and jakeem grant come friday night and i was curious to ask you what the hell is going on with Devonte parker do they still have hope for this guy or just kind of talk about where he is trending right now
3: uh, he's not really trending. I don't think he's, I think they just kind of accept Devontae, they accept Devontae for what he is. And I think last year when last summer, last training camp, they were saying how they were building up Devontae Parker saying this is finally going to be the year. He's going to be a monster. And then he ended up, he ended up having a solid game against the Chargers, but, you know, having that uh, ankle injury that just kind of him for a little while throughout the course of the season. So I think the Dolphins and Adam Gates and the whole staff are just kind of saying, you know what? That's why we wanna we, we to go out and get Albert Wilson along along with Danny Abaddova. You don't pay that much money uh for receivers unless you're going to use them. And my thinking is I just don't think they have a they don't have confidence in Devontae Parker going forward. And it just goes to show you that he ended up getting hurt uh breaking his middle finger in camp. And I, I got a lot of responses uh negatively towards Devontae Parker uh when I reported that. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is yeah, he just hasn't really, he's played through injuries, but hasn't necessarily played well through, through those injuries. And uh, I think people, not only the fans are losing um, faith in him, I think the coach's staff is too, to understand.
2: And if it's not one thing, it's another thing with that guy, it seems like. Whether it's inconsistency on the practice field, inconsistencies on Sundays, or getting hurt, whatever it is, there's always something with Devontae Parker. That's a good point. I think the reason they went out and got Amandola, Albert Wilson, and have more faith in Jakeem Grant is because of the lack of production and the lack of really certainty over Devontae Parker's future. Now, speaking about the other wide receivers, Kenny Stills is still a little bit banged up. Uh, hes I assume he's going to miss the game on Friday. William Hayes, can you just kind of catch us up on some of the guys that are hurt and where they're at right now with their recovery time?
3: Uh, Well, Kenny Stills, yeah, he is, he is suffering an uh, ankle injury. I know I don't expect him to play uh, against, against Carolina. He might play against Baltimore. We'll see uh, how long that lasts. Uh, but Adam Gateson is not going to rush steals back. He still really doesn't need the time. He's practiced a little bit throughout training camp, so they understand he's a gamer. He's going to be ready for the regular season. William Hayes, veteran. I, I I don't expect to see him out there until week one um, practicing. It's a hamstring injury. If people, if you follow football or any kind of sport for that matter, you understand how they can be. They can linger. Yeah, they could be healed in a week. They could be healed in a month. So they're not going to rush him back and. Hopefully, in a hill on his own, they'll use this time where the games don't necessarily count to hopefully it heals 100%. So don't have to worry about it for the regular season. Uh, Jake Brendel, uh, the calf injury, we still don't really necessarily have clarity on that uh, yet. Uh, he has a, he only practiced one time uh, throughout, and that's really about it. Jordan Phillips ended up coming back a little bit this week, doing some work. Um, they had a shoulder injury. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else. Uh, A.J. Derby ended up coming back as well, uh, did some uh, drills as well. So those are really the major injuries that uh, people have to worry about. But, yeah, Kenny Stitt, I expect both of them to be back by the regular season. I just think that the Dolphins are really going to take their time and, uh, not rush them back to, for just a meaningless preseason game.
2: That's really good news because this time last year you were down your quarterback, your left guard, your starting middle linebacker, and a potential starting cornerback. And now we're looking at, you know, maybe missing Devontae Parker for a game or two into the regular season and Mike Hole and maybe even Jake Brendel. So it's that that's a big change in terms of important players being injured and out. And speaking of William Hayes, the Dolphins brought back Kendall Langford, the 2008 third-round draft pick, and I was debating with a buddy that he might be the best third-round draft pick this organization has had in the last decade. Where do you see his role on the football team, and does it kind of include William Hayes in terms of taking over some snaps there, or just what does Kendall Langford's signing mean?
3: Well, he can play a number. Of, he can play the end or the de- de- tackle position. Uh, they're gonna, they Dolphins have talked about rotating a number of different guys in there. And to have some a veteran like that that's played in the league for a really long time, obviously he's not the player that he was ten years ago. But they don't expect him to be. They expect him to uh, be a good player on limited snaps. Be able to give them, I would say maybe even give them twenty twenty five snaps a game at his age. Along go along with the other players that they have. I think that's a big plus. Uh, obviously, we know the inconsistency with Jordan Phillips and throughout his career. And if you can get those good snaps out of Langford, I think that's a positive for the Dolphins. So yeah, they're just gonna use him along with the other guys just to kind of rotate in defensive tackle. And because nobody's really, I mean, outside, I like Vincent Taylor. I think he's been the most consistent player mm-hmm. uh, as far as all of them in preseason. But again, he's gonna have to show it, show it how he can do it against the uh, starters going forward. But yeah, I think we just a lot of still a lot of uncertainty there in the defensive tackle position.
2: So you think Langford makes the team?
3: Yeah, I do. I, I think I think he does. Uh, I, I, if only long, long he's healthy. Let me rephrase yeah. that. If he is completely healthy. And ready to go, I think he definitely makes the team. Uh, obviously, I don't necessarily know if he's 100% healthy. I sure he is because the Dolphins wouldn't sign signed him. But, yeah, I, I think if he is, like, I, think he, I think he'll I think he definitely make the team.
2: Yeah, it seems to me he'd be competing with Cameron Melvo for that last defensive end spot on the roster. Because, you know, for as much as we're worried about the defensive tackle spot, there is some depth at both those spots there. So it should be interesting to see how that plays out. We're going to get to more here with Antoine Staley on the other side of the podcast. His Twitter handle is at Antoine Staley. I am at Wingful NFL and the show is at Lockdown Fins
0: or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.
2: Rolling into the second segment here with Antoine Staley. He covers Dolphins' beat for the USA Today Dolphins Wire. Antoine, I wanted to talk to you. You've been there every day for training camp about who is the biggest riser in training camp so far and who has been the biggest faller, who had the best camp and the worst camp for your eyes.
3: Well, I think as far as uh, just progression standpoint, I I, I really like uh, where Mike Kosecki ended up. Ended up, uh, I remember him at OTAs and uh, in the offseason program, and he was just he was somebody that I, I don't know how much the Dolphins are going to be able to count on him this year. Uh, he was picking up the playbook. I know a lot of rookies sometimes pick up the playbook uh, slowly and don't necessarily. It takes them a little while to get adjusted to the league, but yeah, I, I thought that. Yeah, I I was a little worried about that. But yeah, he ended up in training camp. Uh once the AJ Derby went down, he stepped right into the starting lineup uh first team and really started producing and being somebody Ryan Tannehill ended up looking to towards uh, throughout, throughout practices. So I actually liked where uh he stood and I actually like the fact that he has really, really played well and really progressed well. So I think that bodes well for uh, the Dolphins offense.
2: Yeah, absolutely does. does. He's been really hitting the national media big too lately, it seems, and that's that's pretty rare for the Dolphins this time of year. How about your biggest follower? Who has really suffered the most from their training camp performance?
3: Uh, I thought Tony Lippitt. Um, I know um, a lot of people expect him to compete with Victoria uh, Mettire and also uh, Tankersley for the quarterback spot opposite Xavier Howard. Uh, I, I also thought uh, Tankersley in there as well, but I'll start with Lippitt. Lippitt just – it doesn't seem like he was the same player that he was a couple of years ago when he led the Dolphins to the interceptions. Uh, he had that he had that one good day of training camp, but ever since then he's been kind of non-existent, had, some, had an ankle injury uh, he battled with as well. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see where he falls into the fold as far as the terms of the, the Dolphins quarterback, especially if they decide to corner the market and end up going after a cornerback um, it, out there. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see whether he – Maybe makes the team or not because they really they really are deep at that cornerback position and he could be the odd man out. Tankersley also another guy he was the uh, the uh, quote unquote the false starter uh, opposite Xavier Howard. He's also fallen uh, a little bit, uh, not necessarily he's he's lost the job really because now they're putting Bob McCain out there on the outside and sliding, uh Fitzgerald I mean Fitzpatrick excuse me in, in his old position the slot cornerback position. Because they think that's the best uh, secondary they can have. And actually, for right now, I think that's the best lot that they can go with it. So either A, they get somebody, or B, that's somebody shows like tanklessly shows them otherwise.
2: Yeah, as far as your base defense goes, I mean, it's kind of like the offensive line. Get your best four or five guys out there and just let them play. And I think, like you mentioned, those are the guys you're looking at right there. McCain, Howard, Fitzpatrick, Jones, and then McDonald on the back end. And then you can obviously work other guys into sub packages. And I think that the three safety look is going to have a big impact on the third and long defense because that was a really big problem for the Dolphins last year. And you go yeah. and you look at the game on Thursday against the Bucks, and Minka Fitzpatrick really played that third safety role well when they brought that onto the field. So exciting to see that. I was going to ask you to sort the cornerback position, but you kind of just did. So let's go ahead and go on to the next part of this and just talk about the defense in general. Is there a level of concern in the building over how the defense played last week? Because the fan base, as I'm sure you will know, Antoine, was not thrilled about that.
3: Yeah, it was definitely sense of urgency and practice this week, and you could see it with the players and the fights that went down as well. Uh, yeah, they were definitely not happy with their performance. Matt Burke was not happy with their performance, and they they understand what their defense was last year, and they they're trying to improve it, but. They know they need to play a lot better than what they did against Tampa Bay. Obviously, it's the preseason, so they still have some time to work that out. But they ended up giving up a lot of yards to not only Ryan Fitzpatrick but also Jameis Winston. So, yeah, they they need to get that cleaned up. Uh, Xavier Howard, who looked who's looked good in training camp, did not look ne- nearly the same. Uh, looked like a mortal man against uh, Mike Evans and Deshaun Johnson. So. Yeah, they, they're going to have to uh, tighten it up, and it's gonna, I'm curious to see how things work out, I guess, the Panthers' um, offense this week.
2: Do you have any idea if they're going to put it in some type of plane or different types of packages? Because that was as vanilla as it gets on
3: Thursday. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure they will. Uh, I'm sure they'll as you go along. Uh, like you said, the first preseason game usually is vanilla. Yeah. You're not going to put in a lot of fact. You're really not going to plan for it. You just go out there and see what players can do. I think this game, you'll start to play a little bit uh, more, plan a little bit more, not necessarily like the regular season. And then Adam Gay said, uh, with the fact that they're playing, they're going for Friday and then they're going to play on Saturday night against the Ravens the next week, that, that's kind of like a regular yeah. game week for them. So that would give them they'll, they'll prepare like it is a uh, legit regular season game. So I think you'll see more packages there, but you'll see a little bit more, but I still think it'll be a little bit more fidelity compared to what you'll see against Baltimore in week three of the preseason.
2: Yeah, that's the hope, and I'm sure they'll hold back a lot of what they're going to do in the regular season. But speaking of the starters and playing time, before I get you out of here, Antoine, how much do you expect the first team guys to go in this game?
3: Uh, it, it really depends on how they play. Uh, if I think the offense plays particularly well, I think he'll play... Half, maybe half the first quarter uh maybe a quarter uh two three four seven at most uh the defense if the defense plays like how they did against Tampa I, it wouldn't be supposed to be to see them play the entire first quarter <laughs> or maybe into the second quarter as well because they they they're not they were not happy with that performance at all and they're definitely gonna have to uh wrap it up if they want to be they want to be an improved team this year so it wouldn't surprise me if the defense were to stay out there a little bit longer than the offense.
2: Well, they are in preseason form. Antoine, you are in regular season form. Once again, he is Antoine Staley. You can find him on Twitter at Antoine Staley. He covers the Dolphins for USA Today as well as a college football analyst for Athlon Sports. Antoine, it's always a pleasure having you, my friend.
3: All right, anytime, man.
2: Yeah, hopefully we can get a beer down in Miami this year.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Let's do that. All right, bud, take care. All right, then you take it easy.
2: And off he goes once again, Antoine Staley, my guest today, talking about notes and news from training camp. Good stuff there that you can't get from other guys that don't cover the team on a daily basis, so very glad to have him on the podcast. I believe that was his third appearance so far, and we'll have more with him. I'm planning on having an episode with Cameron Wolf later on before the season starts as well, the newest beat writer for the Dolphins. So plenty of good stuff to look forward to here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, and we'll close this baby up on the other side. It's Locked On Dolphins podcast at Winkville NFL at Locked On
0: or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.
2: And the final segment here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast before tomorrow's preview pod for Friday, August the 17th. Once again, that game preview written piece is up on LockdownDolphins.com, written by yours truly. Like I said, we'll get to that tomorrow. But I wanted to get to one last Twitter mailbag question that I didn't have a chance to answer on yesterday's podcast. This one comes from San Marino at Lolita Wanted. That's a great name, great name and handle personally. How many O-linemen do you think will keep and who? And he had another part of this question too, but I'm just going to get to the offensive line portion here. I think we know who the starters are going to be. Pretty clearly, Laramie Tunzel, Josh Sitton, Dan Kilgore, Jesse Davis, and Jawan James. Ryan Tannehill even talked about how they've had so many reps together that they've seen 200 uh, twists or stunts. And so they know exactly how to pick it up, how to rotate, how to pass guys off, how to slide. And I'm very, very encouraged by that. The first team offensive line unit was fantastic in that game on Thursday night against the Buccaneers, albeit for one series, just 10 plays, but still a very good looking series from them. And then beyond that, I've talked about this a lot in the podcast. I think that Jake Brendel's injury really has opened up things for someone like Isaac Asiata because for my money, Sam Young and Ted Larson are both locks. And then you have to decide if they're going to keep eight or nine guys. And if they're eight guys... It's hard to say. I think that you want to get someone that has experience playing all three positions or at least two positions, guard and tackle. And I think that might be where Eric Smith comes in, Jake Brendel's in there and then Isaac Asiata. So I think that you have two spots for three guys, Brendel, Smith, and Asiata, and I would say it's going to be Brendel and Asiata, or excuse me, Asiata and Smith, and that Brendel gets the boot, and Ted Larson takes over as the backup center, because if you can't play, if you can't practice, you can't play, and Brendel's been hurt the entire camp, not doing himself any favors by doing that. So that's my offensive line, the nine guys, all having a complete 53-man roster prediction out after the Baltimore Ravens game, that'll be up on LockedOnDolphins.com. And as for this podcast, you guys might be listening to this while I'm taking my math final on Thursday, August 16th, and it is a really, really big day for me. Haven't really taken much math since high school, actually haven't taken a math class at all since high school, as I despise math with every fiber of my being. And while I worked my ass off on it, spending 25 hours a week or so on it, I still have to get a decent grade on the final just to pass the damn test to get my AA degree. And by decent grade, I mean 53% exactly. I know exactly what I need. I've done all the math for the math. Once I get the AA degree, I can transfer to my bachelor's program at Washington State University, digital technology and culture. So wish me luck on that. I'll be back tomorrow for a comprehensive game preview, talking all things Dolphins, Panthers, and I'll have an in-depth post-game wrap-up ready to roll either by Saturday or Sunday that will just depend on how much work I have to do to get it ready for that podcast and for that column but as for this podcast that will do it for us here you guys please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts leave us a rating leave us a review check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams follow me on Twitter at Winkle NFL follow the show at Locked On and follow our guest at Antoine Staley keep up to date on our Dolphins Daily blog at LockedOnDolphins.com you guys have a great rest of your Thursday we'll talk to you again for a game day edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.